News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Breakfast. Now, research published today by the ESRI has found that extending free GP care to all during 2026 here in the state could cost us somewhere between 381 million and 881 million. And Dr. Sheila Connolly, who is a senior research officer with the ESRI, joins us now. Sheila, there's a big variation between those two figures, uh, 381 and 881 million, 500 million of a difference. Can you explain why it might be one or the other, please? Sure. So I suppose in doing these sort of estimates, there's a lot of uncertainty. So there's an uncertainty around the size of the population, the age of the population, the portion of the population that might avail of this eligibility, because we know that not everybody that's um, eligible will necessarily take up that eligibility. And there's a lot of uncertainty about potential payments to GPs. So what we wanted to do was to reflect that uncertainty. So the the lower band reflects kind of lower uptake, lower population growth, uh, lower payments to GP. And then conversely, the higher estimates reflects higher payments to GPs, higher uh, uptake, higher population growth. So the truth is probably that it's somewhere in the middle of those two estimates. Okay. As it happened, I used to be a GP. And certainly when we rolled out things like the, the free GP care to the, the under sixes, Yes, I didn't have any any patients that didn't take it up. Everyone took it up. Every, every family became uh, a, a GMS patient, and anyone who had previously been private took it up. I, I, I don't think I had a single one that didn't. Sure. So I suppose um, the the kind of the survey data nationally would suggest that about eighty five percent of under six year olds currently have a GP visit card. So there's about fifteen percent that don't, and I suppose there's a number of potential reasons for that. One may be that they are, you know, their family GP didn't, you know, participate in the scheme, or um, maybe there was some other uh, reason that there wasn't a GP. My guess area. is if they haven't taken it up, is because they haven't gone to the GP because for whatever reason they're they're very healthy and they haven't gone, so they haven't taken it up yet. But. Uh, Potentially, but I suppose at the under five age group, we do find that GP utilisation is relatively high. So it's beyond likely, I suppose, that they wouldn't have taken it up at all. Okay. Um, just a couple of things that I'm wondering, are, are, they, are they factored in here? Have yeah. you factored in, for example, the fact that when people do move from having private health care to, to having a, a medical card, that the attendances tend to go up and up for those patients and, and we would need more GPs than we currently yeah. have? Yeah, so I suppose one of the things that we looked at was what would happen to demand for GP visits if the scheme was introduced. And what we found is that in 2026 is that there'd be an additional about 2 million GP visits um, solely due to do this, you know, the change in eligibility. But there would actually GP visits would be increasing over time anyway, because we know we have a growing population and aging population. So there are, you know, significant pressures on GP practices generally. Um we don't quantify in this work how many additional GPs would be required, but obviously what we've seen, say, even before uh, COVID was that it was a situation where some people couldn't register with the GP in particular areas. There wouldn't be availability. We know that there's been a lot of pressures in the last couple of weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat surprised you've, you've factored in, in two million extra ones because my understanding is about half the population are, are covered under, under the medical card scheme of some form or other. So that would be 2.5 million extra people getting a card. Yeah. We know that a private patient attends on average once a year, but that a public patient can attend up to five or six times a year. So you're giving 2.5 million people the ability to attend five or six times per year, that's closer to 10 million visits extra rather than two. 
So I suppose what we find and what the evidence would suggest is that, you know, it doesn't go from one visit to um, five visits. There's a number of reasons for the differences between medical cardholders and non-cardholders. One is that cardholders are generally older or they have poor health or they have greater need. And while the, you know, when person gets the card, their demand will increase, it doesn't increase to the same extent okay. as existing okay. carriage holders. All right. And lastly, on all of this, I, I presume if every member of the population more or less has become a, a public patient, then, then GPs de facto change their, their I suppose, their, their jobs because they're no longer independent contractors. They're more or less becoming employees of the HSE because all all their payments and all their employment comes from, from that source now, which would obviously probably change things in terms of sick pay and working conditions and, and retirement and, and all of the things that, that public sector workers get that, that GPs currently very often don't. Has that been factored in? That hasn't. What we assumed is that GPs would still continue to operate as private providers and that they would be paid for their uh, patients by a capitation. I suppose there's some GPs that may opt out of the scheme altogether and not participate. And also there's still likely to be some private provision in that not everything will be covered likely under this scheme. So um, it is possible that if it is rolled out, that it would, as you suggest, you know, change the whole contract for paying uh, GPs and their employment. But at the moment, we just considered that it would okay. be continuation of the current. I would imagine very much GPs would see it as changing their whole contract of employment. But that is another matter altogether. Look, thank you very much for highlighting all of this with us. We do appreciate it. That is Dr. Sheila Connolly, their Senior Research Officer with the ESRI. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.